Hello and welcome to the Negroni Talks podcast, brought to you from East London and supported by Campari. Set up to be lively, provocative debates on issues around architecture, the Negroni Talks are hosted at the Venetian restaurant Ombre in Hackney and organised by Architects Fourth Space with the assistance of Rob Fain and Bobby Jewell. The talks are designed to emulate the opinionated and convivial free-flowing debates found in the fin de siècle European Café Society, being fuelled by food, drink and particularly Negroni. There's no stage, no standing on ceremony, and the audience are asked to participate as much as invited speakers and the chair for the event. These recordings are presented as they happen live, and like the talks themselves, with no frills and little or no editing, to bring you the arguments of the evening, direct and unfiltered. So, um, yeah, I'm Tom. Um, my day job is editor of Zine, um, and this will probably be relatively lightweight, I imagine, compared to other Negroni talks that I've uh, seen. Um, basically, this will be a kind of light-hearted but potentially critical look at awards. Um, as uh, Hugh said, I've been, we've been doing, I've been doing kind of an alternative Sterling Prize. Um, for the last four years, although COVID, and then last year there were way too many national award winners, so it was just too overwhelming, so um, I ignored it. Um, but basically the idea was to, rather than have a Sterling Prize that is judged um, very well, and at multiple stages by many people, um, by visiting the buildings, to do something that was much, much more surface and just have a kind of knockout competition on Twitter to see which building would be the best if we just put them up against each other with just a picture versus a picture and let people on Twitter decide what the best building would be. So kind of not an alternative sterling prize by visiting the buildings and doing anything comprehensive or like um, doing it well. Just something that kind of does it in a different, a different way and by doing it a different way gets a different result, I suppose. Um, so it's, it's just meant to be a bit of fun, but also potentially maybe tells us something about awards and what they are and who wins. And as there's obviously comparisons with the Sterling Prize, which is a bit murky and kind of no one quite knows how it's judged, whereas this is quite clear and open and transparent. But anyway, that sounds like later chat. So um, to go into this alternative selling prize, and I thought I'd quickly look at the first um, time we did it. After like, I think thousands of votes, well, definitely thousands, we knocked it down for many 50, 50-ish buildings down to one. And Hawkins Brown won the vote with 59% after 400 votes um, against, oh God, um, against R7, the Morrison Co. building. Um, and so that year, the Sterling Prize was won by the Bloomberg building. So, um, yeah, different result. Um, potentially a better one. Who knows? Um, then the next year we did it. Um, uh, well, maybe not a better result. Or <laughs> hard to say. But both both housing, I mean, similar. So anyway, after... Um, so Mole won that the, the second year after, obviously, knockout competition. It won the final by um, very closely again after 370 votes. So, like, yeah, almost 200 votes each against... Um, crap. Um, oh, Written the Water, the studio Occupy... Um, monument thing with the water in the middle. Does anyone remember that? Is that testing people's memories too much? Okay. So um, that's, that's um, the last two years. And now we're in the midst of um, this year's. We're kind of at semi-final stage. We have a shortlist that's been decided on now. It kind of comes to a close, the shortlist. Like we get to a final at eight. So what we're going to do tonight, I think, um, a vague plan. Um, for this evening, we're going to discuss the shortlist. So the shortlist of six. Uh, I've got a panel of judges scattered around the room. Actually, I say scattered the room, kind of in a semicircle in front of me. <laughs> so um, we've got uh, Kathy, uh, president of the 20th Century Society, El Presidente. Um, we have Marwa from the um, after party. 
Correct. And studio as well, or or just just represent. Okay, cool. And Sean, who's a professor at Westminster, also wears other many, many hats, but we'll stick with that. Uh, Paul from H and M, whose uh, building was um, knocked out uh, recently, last round. Uh, <laughs> sad time, sad times. Although conveniently does get rid of any conflict of interest. So good news. Um, uh, Niall, also from After Party, and uh, Pooja from Public Practice. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to have a, a quick chat about awards in general. Um, then the going to have a look at the shortlist. Uh, judges can, the kind of six nominated judges can have their decision and hopefully come to a, a joint decision on a winner um, between you guys, or maybe on a vote or however you decide. And then we'll have a vote across the room and we'll also show you who the public has decided. So we're kind of going to come to some sort of conclusion, kind of hopefully maybe. Um, so what I thought I'd start though, before we get onto that, is just to open up a bit of questions about um, awards. We'll have a quick fire questions and ask the six of you guys just to answer some broad questions on awards. Starting with Kathy, because she's sat right next to me. So... Uh, <laughs> I knew I should have that. Well, I know, it's... Uh, Front row, front row. <laughs> should be on, should be on. So, first question I want to ask all of you guys, and maybe answer, I'm looking for like sentence answers, is what are the points of awards in architecture? Well, it depends on the real point on the sort of business point. I think the point, as far as architects are concerned, is points make prizes. If you win an award, you can put it on your website, and you can say that you're an award-winning practice. And therefore, the work will flow and everything will be in the garden, will be lovely. However, be careful what you wish for, because the very first winner of the Sterling Prize in 1995 was Stephen Hodder. <laughs> so, who remembers Stephen Hodder? <laughs> yes, exactly, everybody. <laughs> Stephen Hodder turned out to be the most awful architect. Um, he is responsible for the Clissold Leisure Centre, which if you're a Hackney person, you'll know all about because it nearly bankrupted Hackney Council. Um, and then he had the temerity to, put, to do this awful extension um, to St. Catherine's College, Oxford, introducing uh, Arne Jacobson. So I kind of think his career was... And he also became RIBA president, a very bad RIBA president, but, you know, there have been a lot of those. So... He was, I think, enabled. His, he was kind of kick-started by the Sterling Prize. So, yes, be careful what you wish for. Awards programs, not so, you know, not the things they're cramped up to be. Award, awards bad. Good. Awards bad, okay. yes. Mara, anything to add? So we don't want to pass it round? I mean, <laughs> you don't have to. You can, pass, you can pass on the mic. We've got many questions. So if, you got, if, if Kathy has said it all, that is fine. She said quite a bit, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I can't really answer what awards are for, but I can say what they should be for, which I think is they should be to highlight examples of what we want to see more of in building culture. That's why, that's why I think so. And do they do that? No. Cool. <laughs> okay, on to Niall, Sean, Paul, anyone? Um, I suspect the... Uh, in my experience, I have won one or two awards in my, my time. Well, Congratulations. Not, not, not the Sterling Prize. But um, I suspect it's to force architects to have the most horrible-looking trophies on display <laughs> in, their, in their offices. Um, I don't know if you remember the, um, uh, the, the fantastic uh, victory of the uh, England women's uh, football team in the European trophy uh championship uh, this this summer um i don't know if you, any, any of you remember the the trophy that was handed over which was like you know if you go in like a really rubbish pub and they've got carling on and it has this sort of the tap is like well the, the trophy that was given to the women's football team looked like one of those which is very similar to some of the trophies we used to have in, in our office on display to impress our clients. So I think that's one of the... the um, so they're, the they're, they're to troll you. Is they're that to troll you. <laughs> and um, except the Brick Award, which is a great trophy, which is just a br the, the Brick Award. You have to do buildings in bricks, just in case any of you are thinking of entering. Um, Mind you, at most buildings now could all of the Sterling Prize could be in uh, the brick award because it's, it's the only material you're allowed to use, I think, these days, isn't it? Um, it was just a brick on a stick, which I thought was was absolutely brilliant. 
So they let the side down. That was a tasteful one. But the rest of the trophy is absolutely fucking awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, in, I was, in a, this time I, in a sentence because Sean kind yeah, yeah. of I was next there. to Stephen Ollie when he won it actually I knew he'd won it because my wife was head of the um, Alicia was head of the architecture centre at the time so he was very delighted but I know what you mean Catherine but no cl- people who work on buildings in the office love you know they, they work a long time on buildings they love it our clients like it it does get you some work sometimes although I think that's always over exaggerated for us, I think the most important thing is that it gives you an opportunity to test your buildings with your peers. And so when things win awards, you realise you've done something right and it gets harder as you get older and more self-indulgent. So I think that's what, what I would say why we do them. Um, yeah, so my view is a little more cynical. I do think they are for clients and for websites. Like Marwa, I think they should celebrate excellence in architecture and do more to look at kind of social ambitions and other pieces, but it is kind of often the prettiest building wins and sits on the website. I think architects think they're really cool, you know, drinking Negronis <laughs> and Hackney, you know. Um, well, and I think part of the award, like, attraction is just going to the award ceremony where you've got terrible music, really bad dad dancing, and I'm going to stop there. Perfect. <laughs> And then, well, while you still got the mic, my next question was, obviously, awards are so important. Um, who won last year's Sterling Prize? Quick, call six. Who, who's first? Yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. That's, uh, I asked a few people today, and there was lots of uh, looking, uh, looking around in confusion. So it's good to know people do still remember. Can anyone remember what else was on the Sterling Prize shortlist last year? Well, I judged the new Brown housing, so I can say the Peter Barber scheme won a new him. But that was that on the shortlist as well? Oh, on the shortlist, sorry, I thought you meant in terms of awards. My bad. The mosque. Yeah. mosque. So that's two. Two. Yeah. Which one? Uh, what's that called? Oh, yeah, Windermere. Windermere. Yeah, nice. We're still only up to four, guys. Bridge. bridge. Five. Oh, yeah, bridge, which isn't a building. What was it doing? William. Five Williams. So we've got collectively we've got we've got five. So I mean, that's, that gives you probably gives us some some idea of uh, of of how important Sterling Prize is. If, if collectively a group of uh, people who are vaguely interested in this, and I've definitely written about it many times, can't remember all six. Um, so um, moving on from that, the very similar question, just to kind of like uh, look at how important Sterling Prize is. How many of this year's Sterling Prize can people name? I think. Probably someone in the room I can see can probably name one of them. Um, so we're gonna we'll tick off the May building straight away. The, the, the other the other six, other five. They're all by uh, Neil McLaughlin. <laughs> there is there is one by Neil, Neil McLaughlin, right? There's. Yeah. Elephant and Castle. Yeah. And Broadgate, and Hopkins one. Okay, cool. That's good. So everyone does remember who's on the Sterling list. And um, at this point, I think probably we're going to have a quick look at the alternative Sterling list um, to see to see how it compares with uh, with with that that. So we've got there. <laughs> Congrats. Alex Olmay's project is the only building that makes it onto both lists. So we have. What it does show is by, by doing it in a completely different way, we have ended up with a very different Sterling Prize shortlist or alternative Sterling Prize shortlist. So um, I don't know what that says, but something. Um, we've got a different Narva Glockland scheme. So like, he's still there, luckily, but uh, for, not for the Cambridge um, building. Um, we've got Crematorium by Haverstock in Guildford. Yeah, some love, great. <laughs> and we've got Sutton Who. Ooh, sorry, it wasn't meant to go too fast. By Nissan Richards. And we've got uh, High Sutherland by uh, Lona Monteith. Monteith? No, they're, not, they're not here, they're Scottish, that's fine. Um, and then we've got Kiln Place by Peter Barber. So it's, it's a, a different Sterling Prize shortlist. There's the actual one. And so my, my question now for the, for the kind of jury uh, is, which is the better list? If you, if you had to pick a list of six, of six, I'll go back through. Do you want to have a quick look again? Yeah. That's the six. 
uh, take them in. Um, a way I, the way I decided this was to say kind of just very quickly out of the six how many I liked. <laughs> um, again, not a very scientific way, but there's that six, and then we'll run through the six. Um, Cleon Pace, High Sutherland, Sutton Who, Guildford Crematorium, Masters Field, and obviously we can ignore that one because it's on both lists. So you know, so anyone want to plump Cappy? Which is list is better? Yeah. Well, obviously your list is better because you know that's why we're here. <laughs> I don't know who Peter Bieber is, but oh. you, you, you need a bit of... You need, you need to get, you know... The zine fired all its proofreaders yeah. or something. Um, yeah, this, this, this one's better. I don't know what the, 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 the Haygate project's doing on the main list, and the Hopkins one is very boring and generic, and the, as is the Rierkin Hall thing in Scotland. So, yeah, I mean, obviously yours is better. Does everyone, anyone want to stand up for the, the actual study price? Yeah, I can. But I think there's a blended between the two. I mean, what's noticeable about the shortlist is they're all small buildings. They're all maximum. I think um, Pete's one's four stories in bits. And I think the Sterling Prize should represent the whole scale of architecture, different uses in architecture. It's not just about small buildings, but it is about small buildings too. So I think this list is reasonably well concocted, but you could often swap things around because there are some very good projects on here. Half the trouble having done it, having shortlisted them and judged it is there's a lot of really good buildings in this country and um, so often all of these deserve to be on it whether or not they should all be in one go I'm not so sure. I think the scale and variety is what because the, the Sterling Prize is also about the publicity for the list and part of that is people really disagreeing with it because that's you know, like Catherine agrees, disagrees with it and I think that's what's important about it, because you have those three months when it's shortlisted to have quite a heated debate about it, and that's what's, what's great about tonight. Sorry, Sean, you go for it. I was just going to say, I think um, both lists would be greatly improved by an Alford Hall Moynihan Morris <laughs> building on them. And, uh, uh, and thanks for giving us that award a few years ago when you were the judge of <laughs> Um, I'm going to agree with Kathy, and I think I'm going to do it quite a lot this evening by the sound of things, but using your kind of methodology, there are a lot more like on the alternative list to the classic Sterling list. Classic. Um, yes, <laughs> but the, I think the main thing is, you, on the Panda Hudspeth project, I really don't think a project which is built on the bones of the Haygate estate should really be allowed to be celebrated as the exemplar architecture of this year. And are there any buildings that are missing from either lifts? I, I, was, I was surprised the BFI didn't get on the alternative list for no particular reason, that it's kind of pretty and central London-y. Um, <laughs> it's uh, not necessarily the right criteria, but that was a surprise to me. And um, Rob, there was one that you, that you were surprised got knocked out. God doesn't matter um okay so i suppose then then the question is if, if broadly with the exception of paul we're we all believe that the alternative list is better then then i didn't, I didn't really sense that with the audience yeah. really <laughs> okay well, well i didn't really sense that was the overall feeling well i mean I, I mean well, I, i've got the mic so um <laughs> as as all of everyone in the room except paul agrees that the alternative <laughs> list is is better i suppose then we've got to kind of look at how awards are, are judged because we've got one award that is judged very thoroughly, very kind of efficiently by people who kind of should know what they're doing, visiting buildings and at multi-levels -level and knocking buildings out and in a very intelligent, hopefully educated way coming up with lists. And we've got another list that's kind of childishly made through a Twitter knockout. knockout. And the 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 results of the kind of childish knockout. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Field and Fowls. Is the, the Field and Fowls, um, is it Durham Cathedral? Carlisle. Frat the Frattery. Yeah, okay. That's, that, was all, that was the one I was also shocked at that, that got, was not, not on the list. But anyway, um, I saw shots that it wasn't, to be honest, I'm more shocked it wasn't on the actual starting list. Um, uh, yeah. 
it seems of the ilk and not in London. And as Paul says about creating a list that is that touches very many bases, having a list that is almost entirely within London or the southeast, with the Sterling Prize disc got four in London, one Cambridge, one Scotland, doesn't to me seem like uh, someone has thought kind of about creating a whole list there. Um, but anyway, side note, where was I? Yeah, so the, the, then the question is, why does a list that is created in a kind of slapdash way end up being better than one that is created in an intelligent way? Anyone want to start on that one? <laughs> I think Paul's point of scale comes into this, and I wonder if there's something around the kind of smaller building or more smaller interventions that could capture people's imagination quicker on social media. And personally, when I have done award judging, I've always been surprised by buildings that I have liked and been impressed by. But on the image, I was like, you know, what is this? And then I'd go there, it's like actually experiencing this reminds me of a Chicago modernist skyscraper and it has a very different experience um, so I think there's something about how big buildings are communicated versus a kind of small little like intervention is much easier to capture people's imagination, perhaps. I, I would just to respond to that. Like just from my experience at Zine, it's big projects that get lots of views. Um, so if that kind of, as we are often accused of being kind of pitch-led clickbait. Like that would suggest that that there, there is a kind of that people on social media are also drawn to those big mega projects. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Kathy. Um, I can only point to my experience of judging an RIB being part of the RIBA interminable process by which the best architecture in the world, the land, is whittled down to six Sterling Sterling Prize shortlist and. I did a regional awards, I did London West five years ago, and we saw 17 buildings in three days. We were basically living in a, you know, at a mini cab and being sort of ferried from building to building, and the architects would pop out and give us a sort of half an hour presentation, we'd have a poke round and then we'd be on to the next one, and you got better monetary sandwiches for lunch. So it was, you know, the romance and glamour of awards judging. But there is a point to seeing everything in the flesh that's very kind of valid, because we saw stuff on boards, and, you know, you think, oh, that's brilliant. And when you got into sort of the real life, it was terrible and vice versa. Um, but the RIB thing is very plodding because it then sort of distills all this, you know, then you have that, then you go into the next phase, which is national awards. And then the national awards kind of ratified and everyone looks over your shoulder and says, yes, I'm sure that, you know, there aren't any sort of funny shenanigans and something unexpected hasn't sort of got into the mix. And then they distill that down. They have a sort of overall kind of super jury that distills it down into six... So it's a bit like a dog show, you know, you've got the first round, best of breed, breast, and then you get up to the sort of best in show. And it is very procedural, like everything in the RIBA. Um, so I think that's why, and they do, I think, strive for this balance of trying to reflect that, you know, architects are doing big buildings and doing small buildings and doing buildings all over the country, and they need to get di geographical diversity, whereas everybody knows all the best stuff is done in the southeast, really, more or less. So that's my feeling about how the RIBA kind of evolved to be sort of um, dull but worthy. <laughs> anyone, added to, anyone want to add anything about the Sterling Prize? Bit dull but worthy is the, uh, the new tagline. I can't, I can't remember what the question was now. <laughs> why, why, does, uh, why does a well-thought-out judging process lead to a worse list than a stupidly done well, well, process? I think, I, I, I think we, we don't actually know but it's a worse list for all the reasons that have been said in the comments of, of um, uh, Catherine and um, and Paul. But I mean, it's 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 partly perhaps a uh, consequence of a kind of image, an image-led culture, isn't it? That um, you know, obviously, your Twitter um, poll makes the buildings available in image form to a, a much wider audience than would get to actually go and visit all of these buildings if you were on an RIBA judging panel. So I think, you know, it's a sim partly a symptom of, on the one hand, uh, people responding to images, but possibly on the other hand, is, you know, the, the, the users 
of Twitter are likely to be younger than uh, people who go on RIBA judging panels. And, uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps that's part of the reason why the smaller buildings get favoured, because, you know, if you're a young architect, you may, may well be rooting for that kind of thing or even be the sort of person who's doing that sort of thing. Sure, Sean, do you think um, House for Essex should have been on the Sterling shortlist? I knew I was going to be asked that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously it should have been on the shortlist, but, uh, but, but that's what everybody else thinks. I'm quite glad it wasn't, actually. I mean, it's a bit like getting an MBE, and you know? I've only ever wanted one, so I can refuse it. <laughs> okay, well, that's a, a, an interesting look. I mean, obviously, it, I say worse. I, mean, I do obviously understand that visiting buildings is super important, and they will understand a lot more. The scale thing, I'm confused about. I don't. I don't. I think this year's list is. is happens to be six shortlists. I wish I had now the shortlist of previous alternative selling prize because, I mean, R7 was definitely on it, which is not a small lift school building, and that came second by, like, a vote. Um, I'm trying to think, there are other big ones as well, so it's... I think this, these, this, crop, of, this crop of national winners doesn't include many large museums or cultural buildings, I can't think of any, which is why I thought potentially Carlisle um, or Sutton Hoo might get on there because they are cultural buildings. And this, probably because of COVID, I imagine, this, there, isn't, there aren't kind of large kind of or regional museums. There's no kind of like V&A Dundee on the, in this national list. So there aren't the kind of punchy, glamorous buildings um, that maybe would get on both lists. Um, but anyway... Um, it's interesting. I mean, the point is, Cecilia, that you're by looking at a war, looking at a list in a different way, you get to a different answer. And who knows what the right one is? I mean, probably, unfortunately, the dull list is is the right one. <laughs> but so, why don't we have a quick look at these these buildings? Um, we've been looking at um, Alex's building for a little bit. I was going to ask, has anyone been to any of the buildings on the list um, uh, beyond Alex? <laughs> So it's, it's, we can we can do a, a nice superficial uh, look at the list and and anyone on the jury have a favourite? Do you want me to flick through again? Go for it. So this one I've had for a while. Um, Masters Field, which has got any had an incredible amount. It's like hundreds of people voting for it at every stage, which surprised me. Um, I didn't know the project that well. I've now gone and looked at it and walked around it on Google Maps, etc. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, what's well, yeah. That's I mean I I mean I haven't haven't gone. I've got no time for anything. But like I, I was I, I did it's a project I was not aware of at all and now I'm more aware of. But um the Guild Crematorium. Everyone loves this and I've been there. Oh do you like it's it? Very, it's very nice. Good. Peaceful. And it, it's um it, it's um has the same roof as the Hawkins Brown one that won, yeah. which uh, says something. Maybe that's just a form that kind of people like to look at. Um, Sutton Hoo, anyone been to this? Ah, nice. Yeah. How how does it feel? Do you get to climb up it? Okay. So you kind of you get to the top and you're looking at nothing. Okay, well, yeah, still, I mean, it's, it's probably my favourite on, on the national list, so it's, it's like got a bit of whimsy, a bit of something, a bit of different. Um, uh, High Sutherlands, I assume no one's got that far up Scotland. Um, yeah, hey, great. Is it nice? Yeah? It's the only retrofit, and as Marwell rightly said before, I think if we're going to award buildings that we want to see more of, retro sh retrofit should be up there. And also, it's a bloody iconic building. It's gorgeous. They've kept as much of um, Bernat Klein in it as they could. I mean, it's a retrofit that has basically restored it invisibly. You wouldn't know there was a fire and it gutted the whole thing. It's really nice. Great. So is, there, is there one retrofit on the actual shortness? Yeah, 100 Liverpool Street. Yeah, I stand corrected. So kind of... 
Is it retrofit? It is retro, a retrofit. Re- retrofit versus retrofit. We'll have a show of hands at some point. Um, if, we're, if we're lining those two up against each other. Um, and uh, Peter Baber will keep on. We won't look, 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 look at that for long for the. Like, yeah, I've, I've, that's the one I've walked around as well. Um, Can you get back to it, Chair? Huh? Can you get back to the. I've been to this one. Oh, nice. It's really cool, like living stacked on top of each other. Cool. So, does anyone want to start by picking one and advocating for it? Um, I'll wear my 20th century president's, 20th century society president hat, uh, which is a modernist hat, cocked at a slight angle. Um, and I'll make a case for High Sunderland. Is it Sutherland or Sunderland? Sunderland. Sunderland, okay. No, exactly. I mean, it's all complete chaos on the spelling front. Um, do you want to flick to it? So, and I think. Uh, not now you've told me the spelling's wrong. <laughs> no, I have not. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, it's. No, the other way. Wrong, That's actually. it. Yeah, I think it, to yeah. to see this in. I know the borders, Scottish borders, quite well. I have an aunt who lives there, and it's very sort of rolling. You know, it's it's farming countryside, and everyone's very goofy, and you know, so to see this extraordinary modernist house in this setting is just wonderful. Peter Wormsley, who was the original architect, was a great underrated Scottish modernist. He did this extraordinary. Uh, football stadium in Galashiels, which is a market town, and it's like it's just been dropped in there from the future. This faceted concrete thing, amazing. And Bernard Klein himself is an interesting character. He was born in Serbia, came, he studied at Jerusalem and Leeds, and he was a textile designer. And Chanel spotted his fabrics in 1962, and after that it all took off, and he had a fantastic life. And he set up in the borders because of the weaving tradition, the textile tradition, and got his fabric sort of woven there, and then got this fantastic house built so also I mean the point about the retrofitting is very germane um, and they've done it beautifully so I think you know this is what you can do and it's about re- you know restoring reusing um, putting it back together and making it just sort of beautiful and brilliant so that's my that's my little pitch for, for this no I would have to um, agree as well I mean I haven't I haven't been into this one I've only been to one on the list which was also very beautiful but I would have to back this one just off the back of retrofit because I think I think like it just goes back to my earlier point I think we need to see examples of good ways of doing what we want to see more of and I don't buy the other retrofit example that you wouldn't know by looking at it that anything was ever there before in, in defense of the other retrofit in defense of the other retrofit it, it I mean vast majority of large office buildings that get retrofitted are stripped up to their frames right it's it's just reuse of the structure I think yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, retrofit is, is tough and potentially you need a percentage saying how much of the building is, is, is maintained. But it's, it's unfortunately the norm. Like, most buildings that are referred to as retrofits often, like, will, have, will be stripped basically back to their concrete frames, right? Um, so it's, it's, while it may not be retrofit enough, it's also unfair not to, to say it's not a retrofit, I think. Yeah, I'm not going to be the that's, defender that's of that one, but it is super eco as well in all the systems it uses. So, but, you know, if anyone here can, in my, my opinion, but I'm not being the defender. In the realist, there's no question about it. Alex knows them for him. So, but if we're doing this one, I think Pete Barber's... I think Pete takes armpit of sites and turns them into something. He's incredibly clever with plans, very peculiar. You know, I, I know this project pretty well because near where I live. No, I'm picking this one for this one because I think, I think he, he, the site is so tight, so clever. Um, it's in a 60s estate that is, is, is tired and this is a place you'd want to live. And, and I, I think that would be my... Pete Baber. Baber, yeah. Renames. Oh, we got. Do I just say something so far on those two choices? You say it in two Yeah. 
can I just say something on those two choices? The first one is lovely, isn't it? I mean, but is it really a retrofit? Is it really a proper kind of um, modern or contemporary type of retrofit? Because to me, it looks a little bit like a restoration and um, preserving something rather than adding to it or making it even better. And then something on the Peter Barber thing. I agree with Paul. Being able to sort of get so many units into such a poor estate and um, is very inventive with that scheme. I've seen it. I'm familiar with it. I know the person in Camden who you know helped commission it and take it through. It went way, 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 way over budget, and it has had a lot of problems. Anyway, that's my two pens. Does that, did that project? Did they did they renovate the rest of the estate as well at the same time? No. Is that the other one? Bit sites. It's bit sites. It's it bit sites, but they didn't. It wasn't part of. It's not the one where they open up the pathway across it as well. I think, they? No, I think one of the buildings unlocked a new access to the whole of the other estate. Okay. So in, in a way, in a way, they rejuvenated the the, the whole estate. <laughs> or it's because uh, I mean I've, I'm I'm confusing with another piece of obviously where. The aim was to basically to to stop the state being demolished by re by by proving that it was viable by adding density. I suppose. Um, anyway, sure. Yeah, well, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a complete bastard because I'm a complete bastard and pick Alex and May. Nice. <laughs> Partly because that leaves the dregs for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, <laughs> but partly because um, I um, genuinely think it's a really fantastic project. I mean, I've not been to it. I've seen lots of pictures of it. I think it's really beautifully done and it's got lots of fantastic sustainability things. And it doesn't have a fucking funny roof either. That, like, what is it with these funny roofs? <laughs> so that you can tell I don't like the funny roof one. Uh, but... Um, yeah, um, so yeah, definitely Alex. Well done, mate. <laughs> Can I just back on to that? So I was also going to choose that project, partly with my public practice hat on. I think working with local authorities is a challenge. It's really interesting, difficult times. Like, who is actually delivering a community centre at the moment that actually is of really good quality? Working with lots of different stakeholders is really, really interesting and difficult. So there's something there around the governance as well about how the building is going to continue to be managed by the community and the trust. Um, for me, that bigger story, I think, is really important, whilst also, obviously, the building is really beautiful and well-crafted, which, again, I think is really rare to see. Like, for me, community buildings these days are just like colourful murals on a, on a wall. That's what gets, you know, that's what you get away with it. So actually having a gem of a building that is a community centre, I think, is a really strong um, narrative. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to add to the near consensus that uh, Sands End would win in either list for me, and not just because Alex is in the room. Um, but yeah, I think kind of returning to the kind of idea of awards doing architects we'd like to see more of, it would be between High Sunderland and Sands End because they are both aspiring to be kind of low carbon in a quiet way, whereas returning to, as you kind of guess know, I don't really agree with the 100 Liverpool Street being one, a retrofit, and two, sustainable. It demolished the majority of the old structure. It's built of steel and glass. It was 400 kilos of carbon per square metre. It's a new build. Um, so I think we should be sort of celebrating more quiet sustainability that is also inherently beautiful. Done my bit for it. Done my bit. Interesting. So we've got kind of three, I wasn't counting, three votes, four votes for, for May? Is that? Controversially, the only one on the list. Controversially, or not uncontroversially. So, I mean, maybe all, all roads are leading to the same place here then. Uh, on Thursday night. <laughs> Does that mean the drinks are on Alex? Uh, well, I mean, uh, from, from, from now until till Thursday at least. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's a, a, an interesting one because it, it's, it's one that has struggled a little bit through this. It's kind of, it's kind of um, 
scraped through a few of the rounds. So it's it's interesting that kind of now what kind of what were we? We were four four two, are we? Um, on on that. So it's 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 interesting that that's yeah that people seem to to like it in the room and we'll at the end we'll open up to a vote as well. I've got, we've got we'll find out in a second um, well when my phone goes. We'll find out who what the public's kind of got onto the final two. Um, depending on how well I time this, which judging by my baby spelling is is <laughs> is not not too promising. But um judging on that we'll have a quick look at who um who is in the last in the final two. And would you do you, as a six do you agree on May, or is anyone are you gonna on your side? Are you gonna try and argue them down? Oh, sorry. I'd make a secondary case for the crematorium because these buildings are these are really awful. I mean, like you know, like school gyms, and you're at the worst time of your life, and you're sitting in a school gym, and it's awful. They've at least made an effort, and again, but you know, I don't think a crematorium is ever going to win the Sterling Prize, sadly. But the you know there, are, but if if you rem you remember a good crematorium, if you ever happen to sort of encounter one, um, so. Oh, 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 yeah. No, that's no, that's saying people are buried under Jewish ritual, yeah, yeah, but it's a it's so it's a kind of gathering point before they get out into the cemetery and then you know do the and bury the the, the, the body. Yeah, that did, but it's not a. Um, it was it was a mud mud wall rammed earth uh, cemetery, Jewish cemetery, in and it will. You know, it'll go back to the earth when it's when it's finished. So I think, I think this is what the Sterling Prize should be about. It's about you know making everyday buildings, putting everyday buildings in the spotlight, and because that's what most people's experience is, you know, of that kind of, of thing. Nice. And does anyone else in the room want to kind of advocate for any of the ones that we haven't spoken about loads? <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, you can go for it. One of the pick one of the other five. Oh, that's <laughs> Um, actually, a crematorium, I, I think, is a wonderful-looking building. And I'm really struck by how your alternative list is majority sort of public or civic buildings, by contrast, perhaps, to the um, authentic list. And I just wonder whether that, perhaps picking up Pujol's comment earlier, it says something about the um, engagement that people have with, when they, they have more access than this sort of public-facing vote. Um, seems that they go with choices that are perhaps more personal or they can relate to. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, which are the which are the, the non-public ones on the on the what we call it the well, authentic, the uh, the original, the classic, yeah, the classic list. So there's what's there two? Is that that's housing? That's school 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 housing. Is that university? Is that Cambridge? Oh, okay. We've discussed this one quite a lot. Office. And then school. Two schools, right? Two or school college. Two educational buildings, I suppose. None no educational on my list. On the other list. <laughs> okay. Has anyone else beyond Alex want to advocate for one of the other the other any of any of the six buildings, I suppose? I really like the Henley Hillbryan housing and school project. I think it's a really tight site in Hackney. I don't know how many people have seen it. They they have this like interesting, quite a like I don't know what if modernist is the right approach, but there's something really grand about their buildings, still really beautifully done, and it's affordable housing and a school. And in London, where there's so much pressure on sites to create mixed-use schemes, this, I think, is a really good example of a good approach to mixed-use, where you're bringing into quite dif different um, needs together, affordable housing and um, interesting client as well. So I, th I think that, along with obviously making the case already for the community um, centre, I think it's a really interesting, well-done typology. Do you think it could win, or would win, or will win? <laughs> I I can never predict who's going to win the Sterling Prize. I always get it wrong. I've I've, ne I've never got, I've never got it right every wrong. time. Then you have the bookies odds because there's always a book, you know, Labrook's running a book. 
Yeah, so, that's me as well. Right, is it? Uh, who are the judges this year? Do you know who are the, the grand jury? William Hill. Oh. Yeah. Because there's usually a celebrity so on it. Um, Simon Alford chairing it uh, as president. Yeah. There's Glenn Howells, um, Kirsten Lees from Grimshaw, Chris Ophelia, and Smith Warner. Oh, Okay. So, you've had it, that mate. So, not going round a helicopter this year to visit the different projects. Norman? Yeah, I mean, Norman told me he chose the winner last year. So, <laughs> that's uh, that was the, the tip bit from uh, my interview, which I have yet to write up. So, haven't got time. But he effectively said that. They had an argument, but they had the discussion about who should, who should uh, win, and concrete was involved. Obviously, the, the project that won had a lot of concrete, and he is not not in favour of concrete, and that project won. So it seems like Norman's vote was the winning vote last year, um, which is interesting. So yeah, <laughs> see see what happens see what happens this year. Okay, and um, right, I will. Very quickly, I can I think I'll find out who our final two are on the stone list. We're going to set the, the kind of final two against each other to end at the same. Oh, got a hand up. Yeah, can, can I ask a, it's not can I ask a quick question for the panel? Um, it seems to me that the public vote seems to vote for small buildings, as we said, but maybe it's not smallness. Maybe it's height. If any architects are here tonight, there's plenty of us. Any scheme that you do um, is always criticised for its height. I just wonder if the panel have got a view on the difference between an architect's panel or shortlist and a public panel has got something to do with building height and the public's view on building height. Who, who, who were the public panel? Was it, was it mostly architects? Was it... Kind of I, I, I mean, who knows? Okay. It's just people voting on Twitter. It could be, it could be anyone. Okay. I mean, probably, yeah, okay. yeah Rus probably mostly Russian bots. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like thousands no, I and thousands of bots. I mean, not. I yeah. mean, people who follow me on Twitter. So I mean, it's going to be not, not. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so designy, I guess. Designy, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> designy, I guess. But I do think, um, kind of returning to the point of scale from earlier, architectural awards often celebrate who does the most in a way. So kind of if you can visibly see someone's detailed out every single thing, kind of how much control and agency have you had over every kind of surface, every kind of everything, that kind of puts you into the realm of winning awards. And big buildings like these ones, you can really clearly point to those things. So with the Henry Hale Brown scheme or even the Panther Hudspeth one, it does kind of align with the way awards rewards high levels of architect intervention like projects which are an architect's gone and seen something kind of go actually it's okay as it is I'm going to not touch that and focus here that I think would never be celebrated or rewarded it is kind of how much you've poured into something so larger buildings I think would naturally fall into that are large buildings just harder to build to, to design you know like um I've never designed one that big, so I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> does, does it scare you? <laughs> I mean, is that something that architects appreciate the complexity that goes behind um, buildings of scale? That that's, there is more going on. There's many more constraints. There's bigger site issues. There's, there's more problems. It's harder to do. I'd, I'd argue that um, Penta Smith and the Hopkins one are quite unusual to be on the list, because normally it so the more mid-size gets on the list. I think they are harder, harder to, to make people fall in love with them, that's for sure, as we listened to tonight. But I think uh, it's tended to be more mid-size buildings. But, um, yeah, that would be my take. I make a more general point about public being involved in, you know, being part of this process or being... <laughs> because the Sterling Prize used to be Channel 4 or BBC did it 
and there'd be discussion of the final shortlist. It'd be like a kind of book countdown. Everybody, you get excited about it. They'd be, they'd make films about the individual, you know, the shortlist, so people could actually understand what was going on, why these buildings were important, why they were on the shortlist, and then, you know, you have Kevin McLeod swaggering around at a kind of you know gala dinner, and then you know the drum roll, and the winner is. Now none of that happens, and it's all done at the RIBA or done. You know, it's gone back into itself, um, and they still do the. They still do the House Awards, the House of the Year, and Kevin McLeod's doing that. But it kind of reduces... The, so the public are kind of bemused about, you know, if they looked at the shot list, they wouldn't understand why these six buildings are on it. So we've lost the kind of capacity to engage the public about what we do, what's a good building. You know, no one talks about it. You know, the, it stunts debate. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, that's bad, basically. So I think, you know, the, the RIBA needs to work harder about getting this out. You know, if it's a question of attracting sponsorship, if it's getting TV rights, but just putting it out there so that the public can actually have a sense of, you know, what makes a good building because there's no kind of framework for discussing it. If you're, it I mean, it here on, we are. It, it is here. on television. They do do a short film on BBC on each of them and it is announced live on BBC News. Is it? And but then they have the BBC News at 10 do the interview. They lost the deal with Channel 4, which I always thought was problematic and that's because they chose to go before you could have European buildings in the Sterling yeah. Prize shortlist and Channel 4 wanted that and the RBA felt it was better just to have British buildings, it was getting confusing but I agree that it was better when it was mm. done by Channel 4 with yeah. Kevin MacLeod. There seemed a more I mean it was more engaging and I yeah. think we need to yeah, event totally. exactly eventful yeah. and we need eventfulness well it used to be on the same time as the X Factor live yeah, for exactly. an hour yeah. I mean you know big hard, hard no one watched it but I mean hard to separate the two really yeah. so I mean that, that actually was the, my last question on my little list here was, um, can, I, can I just come back on the tall buildings sure. one that, that Steve raised because um, I actually think the public like tall buildings because um my anecdotal conversations with people I know who are not architects, they absolutely all love the horror show that is the city of London's uh, <laughs> kind of... I mean, I always think they always look like a load of shapes put in a pillowcase and like someone's just like kind of emptied them from above and there's this kind of mess of stuff. But I had a discussion about this with a friend of mine who was like, what, what, what did they, but they're all interesting shapes, you know. <laughs> What's wrong with that? And I, I must admit, I found it quite difficult to answer it. But I thought, well, no, they're horrible. Those one. <laughs> yeah, I once went to the Heron Tower um, to go for lunch at the top, and as the lift came down, there was a, a entire family. So I, I stepped back to let them out, and they said, "No, no, no, we're not getting out." And I said, "Oh, what are you doing?" They said, "We're just going to go up and down in the lift because it's great fun." And we can see loads of stuff, and we don't want to buy a lunch or a drink. We just want to go up and down. It's cheaper than cheaper and quicker than the London Eye. A lot, a lot of my friends who are coming from the States really want to go up the walkie-talkie and love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, architects tend to not like it or hate it. Friends are coming from foreign... foreign well, mostly mine, my wife's friends are coming from abroad, and we're like, whoa, what's that? Can I go up it? Great, and they get up and talk. Whoa, it's a garden. And you're like, no, but it's it's oh, fuck. And they're like, they just they just really really like it. It's yeah, it's and it's hard to argue against enthusiasm um, or bother to. So well, the question I had the last on my list was kind of um, kind of a, a vague serious one about kind of Sterling Prize and what we've talked about now and engagement with people. But how? How does a Sterling Prize, um, how can it be improved? What's the, uh, you've kind of talked about what you'd like to see on the Sterling Prize a bit more and what do you think the public want to see on the Sterling Prize and the need to engage, but how do you think it can actually uh, get better? Or does it need to, I suppose? We'll leave Paul to last. There, okay, go. <laughs> I've got some thought. Having seen all the different bits of it, for real, um, I... Uh, to me, that maybe one of the things is that in the end, when it gets to these six, it's down to five or six judges, of which you know, you know, some people might have propensity towards your work or not, and it seems after all of that slog to get through, which I agree with Catherine sometimes can normalise it. But I remember years ago when I was on the panel, I was like 
So there was a program, do anyone remember a program called Restoration with Griff Rees Jones that used to be on every Friday and each week they'd have six buildings and they'd vote for one to go through and in the end the winner got £10 million to do their restoration. But it used to get four million votes and, and, I, and I always thought, is there a way of... And at the same time there was X Factor, as you know, I enjoy, and <laughs> Strictly and all those things that were voted by the public so I always felt like maybe could you get it to this and somehow do it. The only thing I can't do is that the RBA does think is the gold standard by visiting all the buildings. And as we've all said, when you go and see a building, sometimes the photographs, you know, make it look worse or better. The other version is something like, you know, the, if you look at the Oscars, everyone who has, gets an Oscar or the, in, a member of the Academy vote for the pictures. It's a bit easier because they're all watching a film. But somehow, is there an academy, you know, is the RBA, the people who've won the award that year, do they shortlist it or do they pick it? Or is there another way? The hardest thing is always how do you get people to visit them if that's your bespoke thing? Because there's bloody millions of awards that don't visit them. Just look at some nice photographs and you write a bit of rubbish with it. So I, they're the only versions I could, but I couldn't get over. But I, I sort of wondered in the end, is five very, you know, entitled... Uh, sorry, by entitled, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? Because Simon's one. I mean, so, well-judged people picking an award. Is what's, more, what's got more gravitas, that, or four million people voting on television for one to six are chosen? I don't know. I mean, like you say, you combine, combine the two. You, your, your six is chosen by people who visited a lot. And then, going back to other TV references, the kind of... Remember, who remembers the, um, the Greatest Britain show? where they yeah. picked, and then at the end, uh, the last ten, I think, had they were each an hour-long episode where they had an advocate for each, yeah. where they would yeah. be the advocate for the project. So, yeah. for example, Kathy yeah. would be an advocate for a project, and there would be a TV, uh, half-an-hour yeah. episode where Kathy advocates for it, argues for it, like, tries to get people to vote for it, and then at the end, we get a winner. But we do know there is a people's vote as well on the night. And it's, it's very not, rare. It's not the same. You can't very the rare the two are the same. Tom, I'm, I, I I'm really uh, sorry to interrupt. I've been trying to make eyes at you, but it's not worked. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to check, because the kitchen has got some food. So the question is, do you want to have a pause and reflect... On things, or do you, do you think you're ready to draw to a close? Let's 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 draw to a close. We can have. Can I just say something? Because well, I Sean just want to. No. Oh, Sean, come no. on! Man. No. I had a really good idea. Sean? I had a really good idea based on what Paul was saying and what you were saying, Tom. Which is, I think, a really good way to generate popularity in the Sterling Prize is that all the people who get shortlisted should be put in the jungle <laughs> on the television, yeah. and they have to like. They have to like build a shelter to survive in, uh, and the one that gets the bins that they, you know, perhaps each each week the shelter is judged, and uh, one of them gets kicked off. I, mean, I that, think that would be very popular. I mean, just like cut to the chase and have a dance off. You know, I I pay good mama to see to see Peter Baber's cha cha cha. Well, just just mix just mix up each week. There's a challenge. Yeah, like one's. So it moves building for building with various different challenges involving dancing, maybe maybe eating bugs, building a building a shelter. Uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I imagine my phone will be ringing pretty soon with a production company trying to license this. Um, so right, very quickly to wrap things up because um, I'm getting eyes apparently. Um, so two finalists on on Twitter have come up, which are not. Either of the two finalists we picked. Great. Good times. Um, no, no, that. Sutton Who? 50% of the vote in their, in their half. So one, one of the two finalists versus Guildford. So, well, Kathy, Kathy, I don't know, half wins? I don't know. <laughs> um, should we have a quick vote in the room as well? Um, uh, Alex, earmuffs, so earmuffs. Um, out of the six, well, we'll do... Um, alternative first. So, six, um, I'm just going to do this by eyeballing the room uh, in the most scientific way I know how. So, um, let's have a quick flick through first. So, May, uh, Neil McLaughlin, uh, Haverstock, 
uh, Nissa Richards, uh, Loda Mofit, Mo I can't pronounce that, sorry, uh, Peter Baber, Barber. Uh, right, so we'll start uh, with Pete. So who on the alternative list we want Pete to win? Oh, a lonely one vote. Two votes. Okay, well, I... Okay, well, I mean, eyeballing that says it's not, not going to be a winner. Um, hi, Sutherland, or Sunderland, however I spelt it. Apologies. Oh, two again. Um, Sutton who? A smattering. I feel like there's going to be a big one coming somewhere soon. Guildford? Okay. Slightly more. Uh, Mastersfield? A smattering as well. And Sands End? Well, okay. <laughs> well, it's uh, well good to see. So yeah, we have a we have a winner from the room, uh, and a winner from the judges, but not a winner from Twitter. So like two out of three, we'll give it to Alex. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks for listening. For more on Negroni Talks, visit our website at www.fourthspace.co.uk where you can see all our past and upcoming events or find us and subscribe to the show in iTunes. Negroni Talks, mixing it in architecture.